We're so glad you're here. I want to say a big welcome to everybody who's online. Why don't you guys give everybody a hand, say thank you for being a part. Whether you're in Palm Bay or whether you're in Deland or wherever you're at, we're so glad that you're a part of what we're doing. We're getting ready to start a 52-week series in the book of Isaiah. Yeah. So listen, you can, you can take... You can take some time to begin to read through that book as we walk through it in, in uh, 2021. But I get to sort of kick things off here in the, in the new year. And let's, so let's talk, about, let's talk about 2020. It was quite a year, wasn't it? Yeah. Right? It's, uh, you know, it's been quite a year. And I, and I think sometimes I don't, I, you know, I've got family in Missouri. I've got family in Illinois. We have family in Ohio. I'm not sure that we get how much different things are at times in Florida than it is in the rest of the United States. We certainly live in a different world. I will tell my family or they'll come down here and they're like, it's, it's like Xanadu here. There's no rules, man. It's just, it's Thunderdome here compared to where it is in other places. We're very fortunate, but it's been a year of a lot of, a lot of losses. And so here, here's some of the numbers and some of the names of Losses that we suffered in 2020. These numbers are debatable. We're not here to debate them, but these are the these are the numbers, the most agreed upon numbers on the internet that 1.82 million lives were lost by COVID. Right? 22.2 million jobs at the height of COVID and quarantine and lockdown. That's an amazing amount. These were some of the tours that were canceled this year. These are dumb, but for some people, these were a big deal. The Luke Combs tour. How about Justin Bieber's world tour? Wouldn't that you heartbroken about that? Right? We knew, I knew that one would stick at 930, right? How about Kenny Chesney's chillaxification tour? Right? That's a big one. Taylor Swift's love tour. That one, that one affected my daughters, apparently, right? Coachella, yes, that's a real thing, right? Saturday night crowd told me I need to explain that to you. I don't know. Is that right? Anybody who knows what Coachella is? Okay, a few people. Burning Man, Arts and Crafts, our Arts and Cultural Festival was canceled. This was a big one. For the first time in 50 years, San Diego's Comic Con was canceled. And then the big one, E3, the biggest trade show for video gaming and gamers in the world was canceled as well. Tons and tons and tons of things were canceled. These were some of the people that we lost in 2020. This gentleman, you probably don't know, David Prowser, played Darth Vader in Star Wars. This was Patrick Quinn. He was the co-founder of the Ice Bucket Challenge years ago with ALS. He died this year at 37. Of course, Alex Trebek died this year as well. This one hit home to a lot of people in our generation. Eddie Van Halen, right? Co-founder and, and heartbeat of Van Halen. This was C.T. Vivian, a great an author, a pastor, and great friend of Martin Luther King Jr. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, longest serving woman in Supreme Court history. Chadwick Boseman, 43, died of cancer this year. Of course, Regis doesn't even need his last name. You all know Regis from Regis and Kelly. This one, this is Lucy Bridges, one of my favorite, Lucille Bridges. In 1960, Lucille walked her six-year-old daughter, Ruby, through the streets of New Orleans, being pelted by racial slurs as she took her daughter for the first time ever, a female black student in an all-white elementary school, right? Just an amazing woman. Of course, because we're in Florida, 
90-year-old legendary head coach Don Shula, still the only coach in NFL history with an undefeated season. And then this one's for me, Gail Sayers, Gail Sayers, running back of the Chicago Bears. Listen, the list just goes on and on. And that doesn't even come close to describing some of the losses that you've suffered that we've suffered on a personal level. Some of you online and some of you in here have suffered, suffered all kinds of relationship losses. Some of you lost a marriage in 2020 or a job in 2020. Financial security because of that loss of job. Freedoms, listen, we all lost freedoms this past year at times. Family connection at times was lost for some of us as we stood outside of the windows of hospitals and nursing homes visiting people we love that were sick. For some people, Especially a lot of you watching online, you've lost the connection to your church. Vacation. I know it sounds stupid, but lots of people weren't able to go on vacation in 2020. Some people lost health. And ultimately, a lot of people lost hope. Right? It was a tough year. You would agree with that, right, church? It's been a hard year. And here's the thing about a lot of those losses. Those losses were forced on us. Right? You didn't wake up in the morning and choose covid you didn't wake up and choose quarantine. You didn't wake up and choose to be socially isolated and socially distanced from people. It was a tough year and a lot of that a lot of that came not because we chose it, but because somebody else chose it for us. And those are difficult losses. So the question is, what about now? Right? Where do we go from here? Right? Is it gonna get any better? Right? Is it gonna get any better? Is is there gonna be no more COVID, right? Is there going to be no more lockdowns? Is there going to be no more quarantine, right? There's tons. Listen, there are tons of questions still answered for 2021, right? We don't know. We still don't know what 2021 is going to look like. And for most of America, their uncertainty is as high today as it was back in March when all this began. Because we just don't have answers. And yet, we sit here on the precipice of going from one year to another, and historically, people's hope is higher at this time of the year than it is any other time, right? We make New Year's resolutions because we hope for a better year. We hope for a healthier year. I hope to lose weight, right? I hope to run more. I hope to take more time for me. Whatever that is, hope is at its highest, right, in 2021 at the beginning, right? Because we have so much hope for what we want it to be. So here's, here's what I want to challenge you with today. And my hope is, my hope is that you will feel some tension in this conversation because as 2020 proved, listen, life is incredibly fragile. I mean, it, life proves that every day. Sometimes we don't pay attention to it until it just hits really personally at home. But the thing about COVID and what happened across our nation this year was I think at some level, everybody, everybody began to understand how fragile life truly is as we watched people at times who were completely healthy pass away with this terrible disease, right? And the reality is, is that there were and there have been tons of people who've lost their lives due to this. And so life is fragile. And listen, at 2021, for us as a church, for you as a church, there's more at stake than there's ever been. Listen, it was a dark year, and it wasn't just because of COVID. Because of the politics of 2020, 
because of all the racial tension and all the racial infighting and the social infighting and the rioting and everything that went on. Listen, it was a scary year for many, many Americans, white or black, Republican or Democrat. It was a very, very difficult year. And the only way you wouldn't know that is if you just chose not to pay attention to it. It was a tough year. And the reality is, it showed us a little bit as believers how dark our world can be. Listen, there's a lot of work to be done. And here's the scary part. The most deadly part of 2020 hasn't even happened yet. Because of the long-term effects of what people went through, what students are going to go through as they lose a year of social connection, as they lose potentially part of another year because of this, we haven't even begun to see the long-term effects of what this is going to do to people emotionally and psychologically and financially. And so the need, listen, the need for us as light bearers of Jesus is greater today than it's ever been. I asked Joe, want to cast vision in 2021. Is there anything that you want me to focus on? And he looked at me and he said, listen, Court, I've been here 27 years. He said, our mission and vision hasn't changed. If anything, it's just proven that we're on the right path. And so we're going to do what we do. And you know what we do? We do everything we can to make it hard for people to go to hell from this generation. Amen, church? Right? That's what we're going to do. Right? That isn't going to change. And Joe's going to spend 51 weeks living and flesh that out. He's going to bring people up on this stage that you're going to get to meet that are from all different parts of the, of the world, just doing that mission and that you get to be a part of supporting and make happen. The question isn't, what's the mission and vision for 2021? Listen, that mission was set by Jesus years ago when he said, listen, as you're going, as you're living, as you're doing your life, listen, go make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of Jesus and teach them how to be more like me. That mission hasn't changed. The question for 2021 is personal. And that is this. Are you, are you going to be a part of that mission finally? Are you going to step up and take your place in the church to be a part of that mission? Because listen, if COVID taught us anything in the church, it taught us this. We can't do anything without you. We can't do anything without you. We spent 16 weeks in this building preaching to a camera and not one soul was here. This is, this is a wonderful environment. Would you agree church? Right? This is awesome. But we went 16 weeks without it. You weren't here. It was empty every Saturday night when we went live, there was nobody here. And here's what we realized. You, 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 and you are the most important thing that we have here. There's no other commodity that we have that matters more than you. And the reality is 2021 needs more of you. It needs more of you, not less. Because there's more work to do than there's ever been. There are more, there'll be more people broken and hopeless in 2021 than there was in 2020. And the question is, will we be there as light bearers 
of Jesus to help them find hope in the name of Jesus. And so that's what I want to challenge you to do as we talk about moving forward. Listen, 2020 was a year of loss. It's over. It's done. We can't do anything about it. You sit here on January the 3rd with a chance to do something about 2021. And I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to to make 2020's theme your theme in 2021. I want you to make 2021 a year of loss. I want you to maintain that theme. The difference is I want you to be in charge of what you lose as opposed to letting the year force loss upon you. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Philippians 3, right? Phone, bring it. Listen, I, I want to say this. Because of COVID, we've been able to sort of reframe some of the things we do. And so we no longer hand out paper bulletins, right? But our bulletins are always available to you through the YouVersion Bible app, right? If you have a YouVersion Bible app and you create a login, all you have to do is bring it up, go to that little box that says more, click on it and find live events. And under live events, you can find Tomoka Christian Church. Whether it's Tuesday morning, whether it's Wednesday night or the weekend, you click live events and the notes will pop up and they're editable. You can type in there, you can highlight, but every week they're always available for you through the YouVersion Bible app. But let's talk about making 2021 a year of loss. Let's, let's talk about you and I being intentional about losing things that are going to get in the way of you or I being a part of the mission of Tomoka Christian Church in 2021. Here's the first loss I want to challenge you to make. And that's this. I want you to lose the prize. I want you to lose the prize. Here's what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. We're going to start at verse 7, right? And here's what he says. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider, everybody say it, right? I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. He says, what's more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. He said, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness that depends on me, right? In my observation of laws, but that which is through faith, In Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Listen, lose the prize. Here's what Paul says. Paul says, and he uses uses business terms, mercantile terms, if you would, about loss and gain, right? And it's the idea that this, that I'm going to go into a marketplace and I'm going to make an exchange. I'm going to give you a good And you're going to give me a good back. And I'm hopeful that in the exchange, I come out ahead. Right? It's like buying a car. Right? I'm going to go in and I'm going to get the best deal. Those are the words for loss or gain. Here's what Paul says. Paul says, I consider every deal that the world has to make me garbage compared to knowing Jesus my Lord. You see, I am convinced at 57 and doing this a long time, there are people watching online this morning and there are people in here this morning 
that love Jesus. If you love Jesus, can I get an amen? Amen. Right? And here's the thing. So many people that I know love Jesus and yet still haven't progressed in their faith. They're not more connected to the mission. If anything, they're just more frustrated because they can't seem to move forward. Listen, part of it is, is because there's too many Christians who love Jesus and are still convinced that the world will give them what they need. Listen, I don't know about you, but I needed some hope for 2021. And I found it yesterday, right? And I found it at Walmart of all places, right? I don't know about you, but if you can find hope in Walmart, you're a better person than I am, right? But I found hope for 2021 in Walmart yesterday. Right? I don't know about you, but little Debbie, little Debbie now has a cereal called oatmeal cream pie cereal. Come on, Jesus be praised, man. Right? Like I went to Walmart yesterday looking for this and the shelf was empty and I was heartbroken because I was going to have to use a picture to show you. And as I was walking, I noticed on the very top shelf, they stored extra cereal. And I found a box unopened and I heard the voice of God, right? I went and got a helper. I told her my story, right? I told her my story and she was more than glad to help me. Listen, if there's a more trusted face in food than little Debbie, I don't know who she would be, right? She now has a cereal. Listen, here, here's, here's, here's the example I want to show you about loss or gain, right? Listen, I want to, I, I've got a knee that needs to be replaced. Too much, too much everything on it. It's now at a place where the doctor says you need to have it replaced. That's a, and listen, I, I've talked to tons of people. You need to do it. It'll be the best thing you ever do. Stop it. I know it. Okay. But I've got to get mentally over the hump. And last year, I couldn't pull the trigger because I weighed, I weighed north of 280. And I was convinced that I would die on the table not being able to come out of anesthesia. And I decided that for me, for me to get my knee replaced, I was going to have to lose 30 plus pounds so I could feel like I could, I could pull the trigger. Little Debbie just made it really hard. Right? <laughs> You see, because, because here's the gain for me. I don't want to be in pain anymore. I don't want to walk down the sidewalk and look like John Wayne, okay? I don't want my knee to keep me from certain activities. Because for me, that's my desire. Now here's the thing. What am I willing to consider as garbage to gain that freedom in my knee surgery. And the question is, the question is, nearly everything has to be considered garbage when it comes to deciding that my knee is more important than my belly. And this, as much as it gives me hope for a future, this has to be considered loss because it will not help me get where I'm going. Does that make sense to you, church? Listen, there are those of you in here who haven't moved closer to the mission, haven't moved closer in your relationship with Jesus. 
And listen, it isn't because you're not here and it isn't because you're not joining us online. It isn't because you don't love Jesus. It's because there are still things in your life you consider to be worth losing it. Here's what Jesus said. Listen, this there's how Jesus put it. Matthew 16, 26. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or same Greek words, or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Listen, there are so many of you, so many of you right now that are exchanging the worth of your soul for a bad deal. Because you're convinced that the world, that money, that a relationship, that something the world can give you, is going to give you a leg up and that you can love God and this world. James says anybody that makes that fatal error to love God and the world makes an enemy out of God. And that's where so many people stand. Listen, it might be time for you to do some evaluation of what you consider to be gain. That Greek word for garbage is the Greek word scubala. And here's what it means. It's used as a slang word in the Greek language to denote waste or dung or refuse. It literally means the things that are thrown to dogs. Are you willing to consider your job, scubala? Are you willing to consider your hope for glory and fame and power? Are you willing to to place your relationship hopes, all of your dreams, to buy a home, to own a home, to have this home, to do that? Are you willing to consider them loss to know Jesus? Because if you're not willing to make that loss yourself, you're never going to progress in finding Jesus in a more intimate relationship. And you'll probably stay away from the mission. Listen, I want to choose, I want to challenge you to lose the prize mentality and seek Jesus over all things. Amen, church? And how about this? We need to lose the past. This is where we lose some people along the way, right? Here's what Paul said. Philippians 3 verse 12 says this. These are encouraging words, right? He says, not that I've already obtained all of this. Or have already arrived at my goal. Listen, if the Apostle Paul says he hasn't reached it yet, can we just all agree in this space and everybody online, can we just all agree none of us have achieved that kind of spiritual success yet? Can I get an amen? Right? None of us are there yet. None of us. You may be further down the road than I am, but we all haven't obtained it yet. Even the Apostle Paul said, I haven't gotten there yet. That should be encouraging to you. He says this, but here's what I do. I press on, right? It's an athletic term, right? I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. And let's be clear. Hey, bring that verse back up, Lori. Let's be clear what Jesus took hold of you for. Ephesians 2 says that you've been saved by grace through faith, not of yourself, not of works, so none of us can boast. But he says this, you and I in Jesus are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that he prepared a long time ago that you should walk in. Let's be clear about what Jesus took hold of you for. Nobody has ever been saved to sit. Everybody's been saved to serve. Can I get an amen? Right? That's what you've been taking hold of. So he says this. 
I press on. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Everybody say these first five words. But one thing. How many things? Just one. Just one. Just one. To move forward, he says there's one thing you got to do. Forget what is Everybody say the word behind. Right? Forget what's behind. Listen, this is a tough subject. Because sitting in a room this size and having no idea how many people are watching online, my guess is some of you have some horrific pain from your past. My guess is there's some of you in here whose stories would cripple us all emotionally to talk about the betrayal, the hurt, the abuse that you've suffered from your past. And so when you begin to talk to people about letting things go, it strikes a nerve with people. But, for the, but listen, for every one of us, there is no hope to move forward if all you've got is your past in your present. It's just not possible. Listen, Paul says this, to get to where we need to go, we have to press on. Here's what I know. That it is absolutely impossible to press on when all most of us ever do is just hold on. You can't press on if all you're doing is holding on. And for so many Christians, the thing that we hold on to is the past. I'm not forgiving them. You have no idea what they did to me. You have no idea how bad they hurt me. You have no idea what they've done to me. I'm not going to let that go. Oh, I might forgive, but I'll never forget. Right? We do everything we can to constantly remind mind ourselves that forgetting behind, what's behind is not going to happen for most of us. Listen, we're friends. Would you agree that we're friends? Yes or no? Right? I can tell you things that I wouldn't tell anybody else. <laughs> don't, listen, don't, know, don't all of you answer at once. It, to, you know, it makes me blush. Can, I can tell you things I can't tell anybody else, right? Oh, well. I don't have a lot of confidence, but I'm going to do it anyway, right? So, my sister came this week and spent a few days with us to celebrate Christmas. And so, I decided... I was sick of my beard. I've had it ever since I was 14, 15, 16. I don't remember. And I decided I was shaving it off this week. So I trimmed it. I took my, my beard trimmer. I took the guard off and I shaved it down and I had just a goatee. And of course, you know, now it's halfway grown back, right? But when she was here, all I had was a goatee, right? So we get ready to go out the night before she's going to head back. I don't know. It was three or four days ago. And I was in the mirror. And I don't know about you, but when you reach a certain age as a guy, for me, there are days I completely forget to even look in a mirror. Right? I mean, there are days I go to work and I don't even, I'm like, I, I don't even wonder what my hair looks like today. I have no idea. Right? I never even checked. But on this particular day, I noticed, I noticed sitting there, my eyebrows were a little bushy. You know, that old man eyebrow thing, right? Where they like, just do whatever. I, I have, I have. I have no idea what, what, listen, that's like my third question to God, 
what's the deal with the eyebrows, right? I don't, I don't get it, right? So I noticed they need to be trimmed. So I just reached over. I pulled out my drawer. I grabbed my beard trimmer, right? And I heard it. It was like, it was like, it was like a combine in a wheat field. All right. I was like, man, those, those things were bushy and needed cut. So I just take it and I go right back to the left eye, right? I decided to look in the mirror. And I was missing two eyebrows. Now listen. Fat guys who are old and a goatee don't need no eyebrows, right? It's not an attractive look, right? Here was the problem. That happened on Thursday. I had to preach on Saturday. I was a little bit wigged out by it because my big stinking face is on that screen, right? And I was concerned that I was going to look like a moron, right? Like my, and of course my daughters didn't help, right? Like having a 17 year old daughter and a 24 year old daughter, when you shave your eyebrows is not helpful, right? Right. I'm going to, I'm going to need counseling after the things they've said to me, right? But, but here's the thing. And this, this is such a stupid illustration, but it's just my life. I had to make sure that to come up here and preach this weekend, I had to let that go. And I know you're thinking, how stupid is that, right? You come up here and do this and shave your eyebrows off two days before you have to. And then you ask me if it's a stupid thing, right? It's not. I had to forget that, right? And as stupid as that is, that that's still the mindset. Listen. There are some of you in here and there are some of you online who believe in the premise. You've accepted the fact that I want to count what the world will give me as loss so that I can gain Jesus. Amen, church? And yet life has gotten in the way. Relationships have fallen apart. You've been hurt and betrayed. You've carried abuse from your childhood. Your neighbor's a jerk. Your boss is a jerk. Your co-worker's a jerk, right? You've got family members, sons and daughters that are jerks, right? You've got family members you haven't spoken to. Life has gotten in the way and thrown you a curveball and you've taken it on the chin and you haven't yet figured out how to move forward. Here's what Paul says. The one thing I do, not one of the many things I do, not one of a few things that I do, Not something that I do. He says, the one thing I do is I forget what's behind. You see, we serve a God who's in the forgetting business. Listen to what Isaiah says. Listen to these these passages. Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I remember your sins no more. How about Hebrews 10, 17? He says... Then he adds, their sins and their lawless acts, I will remember no more. Who's grateful that we serve a God who forgets our sins? Can I get an amen? 
right? We have a God who forgets. We have a God who lets your yesterday go. We have a God who's let your last week go. We have a God who hasn't just let go your last month. He has forgotten your last year. He has forgotten your last 10 years because our God is a God who remembers no more. Can I get an amen? I mean, that's a powerful thing. And he asked us to do the same. He says this in second Corinthians five. He says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, a new creation has come and the old has gone because the new is here. There's nothing about your past to drink, to, to drag into the present. Ephesians four commands us to let it go. He says in verse 31, get rid of all bitterness and all rage and all anger and all brawling and all slander. And along with every form of malice, he says, be kind and compassionate to one another. What? Forgiving one another just in just as Christ in God forgave you. Listen, for some of you, it's time to let go and move forward. It's time to forget. It's time to lose your past. And that is not in any way minimizing your pain. If you need counseling, if you need help, to deal with the grief and the hurt from your past. Listen, you're a part of an amazing church that has wonderful counselors who will help you get through that. Avail yourself of that. But don't let your past determine your present. The biggest enemy of your present is yesterday. And for so many of you, it's like dragging a 450 pound boulder in your backpack every day into your present. And here's the worst part. You're making your spouse be married to that person. You're making your children be raised by those people. You're forcing your coworkers to work with that person because everything about your past is your identity in the present. Listen, if you need help with the pain and the grief and the hurt, if you need help with how to let go. Listen, you're part of a church, an amazing church that will help you, but you can't move forward. You can't press on if all you ever do is hold on. Here's one of my favorite verses in scripture from Isaiah 43 verse 18. The prophet writes, forget, forget. Everybody say the word forget, man, forget the former things, things of yesterday, things of last week, Things of last month, things of last year. He says, forget the former things and do. Everybody read this with me. Everybody online. Do not. Man, don't dwell on it. Don't make your home there. That's the Hebrew word. Don't make your home there and make that your identity. Don't dwell on it. He says, see, I'm doing a new thing. It's a new year. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up in you. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness. The prophet and God don't minimize what you're going through. It's a wilderness. But I'm putting streams in your wasteland. Listen, you can't get to that stream and you can't find the new if all you got your past. Right? It's time to lose your past. And then it's time to lose the posture. It's time to lose the posture. Here's what Paul says in Philippians 3. He says, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. (laughs) Listen, that's sort of an obnoxious verse to me. Basically, he says, listen, if you think you're grown up, you should just agree with me. Right? That's sort of how we talk to our kids. Right? Like, this is the mature thing to think. But this is the part that's hard. 
And if on some point you think differently, you and God disagree. Anybody in here ever disagree with God? Right? We got one honest person in church at 930. Thank you, Jesus. Right? He says, if you think differently, listen to this. That too, God will make clear to you. You see, Jonah took a posture with God. When God said, listen, I want the Ninevites to have a chance at repentance. I want them to have a chance to repent. So Jonah, I'm going to need you to preach. And you know what Jonah said? Nope, I'm not going. And you want to know why I'm not going, God? The Ninevites stink. They're horrible human beings and they do not deserve a chance of repentance. So I'm not going. As a matter of fact, God, I'm not going to go. And I'm going to get on a boat and I'm going to go the other way from your plan because your plan stinks. Anybody ever felt like God's plan for your life stunk? Right? Jonah just took a posture and said, no, you're wrong. You know what God did? And on any point you think differently, God will make that clear to you. So you know what God did? He turned the boat against Jonah, got him tossed over the side and swallowed him in a fish and threw him up on the water. Listen, I don't know if God's going to throw you into the mouth of a fish, but my guess is some of you have lived inside the belly of a whale for a long time because you've, you've planted your flag in a complete disagreement with God. God, I'm not giving 10% of my money to the church. God, I'm not going to serve in children's ministry. God, I'm not going to do you fill in the blank. Because you've taken a posture that you and God think differently. God, I don't think I need to count that as loss. God, I don't think I need to forget that. God, I don't think I need to let that go. And you've taken a stand and you've said this, I'm going to win. Because winning is why I'm here. Here's what you and God are in store for. You're in store for a ride where God decides to help you understand how your thinking differently is wrong. And for so many people, they just go from one season of that to another and they never ever find the joy in Jesus. They don't find the exhilaration in it. They don't understand the crying in worship. Because all they ever do is spend time in the posture against God that he's wrong. This book is filled with those people. And every time they do, a God of love takes his time and he disciplines that person. Maybe that's your life today. Maybe that's been your life in 2020. Maybe your life has been nothing but a loving God disciplining you to show you that your thought isn't mature, that your thought isn't right. And you and God are in a Jonah moment where you've decided that God's plan ain't right for me. 2021 needs to be a year where you choose to lose that posture. And here's why. There's more at stake than there's ever been. There are more people who are going to be broken and hopeless than ever before. And some of them are going to live in your home. Some of them are going to work beside you in your cubicle. Some of them are going to live on your street. Some of them are going to be in prison. Some of them are going to be in the children's ministry. Some of them are going to be in student ministry. 
Some of them are going to be in Guatemala or Mexico City. Some of them are going to be all over the world. And you know what they need? They need you. Because you're the most important thing that this church has to offer. And if you're not, if you're not part of our mission, we fail at some level. Yes, 2020 was a year of great loss. Great loss. Most of it forced upon us. But 2021 needs to be a year of loss too. But it needs to be a year that you choose to lose. You need to lose the mentality that the world's got the best deal to offer. It doesn't. Knowing Jesus is the most important thing anybody will ever know. And everything this world has to offer should be considered lost compared to that. For some of you, it's time to lose your past. It's all you've ever been known for. It's ruined every relationship you've ever been in. It's kept you from the most important things the world has to offer because you won't let go. For some of you, it's time to do that. And for others, it's time for you and God to stop being in a wrestling match every time you turn around because you are in constant disagreement with Him. It's time for you to find the joy in knowing Jesus. It's time for you to find the, the joy in serving Jesus. And you can't do that if you're never going to take the posture that I don't have to win. You see, it's time, church, for us to make a difference in this world. The 2021 year is as good a year to start as any. General Pershing was the commander of the American soldiers in Europe during World War I. And at the end of World War I, he announced to his troops that there would be a victory parade after the peace treaty was signed in the streets of Paris. And the American soldiers were thrilled to death to be able to march in a victory parade in Paris at World War I. And so they got excited. General Pershing told them there's two, there are two requirements to march in the parade. One, your service record had to be clean. And two, you had to be 186 centimeters tall. Being American soldiers, they had no idea how tall 186 centimeters were. So they began to sort of, they, they just sort of began to back up to each other to see who was taller and who was shorter. And then of course the name calling began, right? Hey, too bad shorty. We'll think of you when we're marching, marching in Paris. And eventually they sort of narrowed it down to about 15 to 20 guys that they were convinced that were 186 centimeters tall. So then the parade officials showed up to see if there was anybody who was going to march in the parade. And these 15 to 20 soldiers lined up ready ready to march. And so the, the parade official marked the wall with 186 centimeters. Some of the soldiers immediately looked at it and just walked off because they knew they didn't qualify. Others walked right up to it and were short by an inch, two inches, and they walked away until there was one soldier left who knew, who knew he qualified. He walked up to it and to his surprise, he was a quarter inch sword. Because 186 centimeters was six feet, one half inches tall. He measured six feet, one quarter inch tall. He didn't make it. You see, when the soldiers compared themselves to other soldiers, they thought they were tall enough. But when they measured themselves against the standard, they found themselves woefully short. Yeah, you can look at 2021 and you can measure yourself next to your spouse. And you could say, next to them, I'm killing it. Right? You can measure yourself next to whoever. 
And you can say, man, next to them, I'm killing it. And you know what? You may be entirely right. But it's time for us to measure ourselves to the standard. And the standard is this. I consider everything loss. I consider everything garbage for the sake of knowing Jesus. That's the standard, church. The question is, are you measuring up? Let's pray. Father, thank you for... I just thank you for the moments we get to spend together. I just thank you for this church. I'm just so grateful for... I'm grateful for them. Um, I have no idea what they're going through. And so I just want to pray for them. I want to pray for their protection, their safety. I want to pray for their families. Um, I want to say thank you for them. Uh, But I do pray. I pray that your Holy Spirit will find a space in this conversation to leverage change. There's never been a greater need for a healthy church than there is right now. And so I pray, Lord, today that your spirit will begin the work in the hearts of all of us to show us where we need to lose so that we can gain Jesus and we can know the power of his resurrection in our daily lives. And so, Lord, I, I'm just I'm just committing this prayer to you on behalf of our church and anybody who's listening and ask God that you'd just sick the Holy Spirit on us and that you'd have your way in us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.